0: Uh, hola. Hola. Amigo, Mi amo Sanchi. Uh, namaste, I am Ashwini. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was my, um, like you know, you're a global citizen Ashwini. That was my
0: method of trying to be a global citizen. That is a very good method. And great effort. I don't even know what global citizen means. As far as my passport goes, I am Indian. And that is a very big thing legally because I know the amount of effort and time it takes me to do paperwork because I am Indian. So, yeah. There's paperwork? Yeah. For example, uh, I have to shift houses now and I need to have a guarantor for getting a house who needs to be a UK citizen, but oh, okay. since I don't know anybody over here who, is, who can be a guarantor. Um, it's very problematic actually, you know, being an international person can be very problematic.
1: I see, the pros and cons to everything.
0: Yeah, having said that, I am still very proud to be Indian. And I don't think I want to ever give up my citizenship. But yeah, it can be problematic.
1: (laughs) Me too. Proud to be an Indian. And yes, I understand what you're trying to say.
0: Yes. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about something. um, I should say this is probably one of the first episodes of this podcast that we have actually put in a lot of thought into. You have. You have too. Fair point. Uh, It is not, obviously it is random and, no, it's not random. Uh, Not at all random. Uh, I was going to say, obviously it is like not scripted. It is very spontaneous, the conversation. But we have done a fair bit of research to talk about this subject.
1: Because it so, deserves that level of research.
0: Yeah, yeah. And given the sensitivity of the topic, I think we need to be very careful about what we say. So, you know, if I say something wrong, then please feel free to message me and correct me. Um, and yeah, so today we are going to talk about sex education. Drum roll afterwards. Done, 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 <laughs> done, 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 done,
1: Yeah, today we are going to talk about something that I think should be important and necessary for every single living human being to know, but is treated as something that nobody should know.
0: That is true, yeah. Um, and this is something which having had a lot of conversations with a lot of people about this specific thing, I have realized that it is not only in India, but in a lot of countries around the world, this topic is not at all dealt with in schools or dealt with in the most superf- superficial manner possible. Because everyone... Yeah, everyone is just uncomfortable talking about it. I'm pretty sure I will go and like gargle and clean my mouth with mouthwash after I'm done with this conversation. Maybe I'll even take a bath. But you know what? That is something wrong with me. Yeah, go ahead. So, you know, those are...
1: The things that you said you would do are things that you should do when it comes to sex as well.
0: <laughs> no, uh, what I'm saying is that is something wrong with me. I should not be thinking like that. And it should not be, I mean, it's a natural thing, you know. So, it is a very
1: natural thing.
0: Yeah. But like I said before, it's a very sensitive topic. So, which is why. I have done a lot of research and I'm pretty sure, Sanchi, you have done research too. And we will try to be as accurate as possible. At the same time, this is not, um, we actually mean to do it like a class. We don't want to, well, I guess we are not qualified enough to teach it. So um, we actually mean to do it in an educational way not in a way to mock fun at anybody or anything. And at the same time, this is not like I am not um, proclaiming that you should have more sex or anything of that sort. In fact, what I want to say is that it is your body and it is your choice to do what you want to.
1: And to make your choice properly, you need to have the correct information at hand.
0: Exactly. Which is what we intend to provide yeah okay so having given this long and very uncomfortable introduction let's get even more uncomfortable
1: okay. so don't sit tight on your
0: seats uh, no puns intended yeah. <clears throat> anyway so uh sanji Should we talk about? Let's start with talking about why this thing is so uh, taboo in so many places around the world.
1: Um. Well, it is taboo in you know, like everything. Like this is like a taboo in like every culture, every language, and the different. It has different flavors, if I may say, of taboo. And um well what is right in one culture can be abhorrent in another but safe to say that this realm this realm of sex and reproduction is a widely contested on thing and well you can't really do much except educate other people like this because you know there's no formal um, continuity or simplicity to education
0: uh, I don't think it's only about sex or reproduction. There are a lot of other factors, associated factors associated with it, like um, say masturbation or the co- concept of pleasure around sex. Yeah, that too.
1: It it comes in the realm of sex. Come on, sex is reproduction plus pleasure plus consent plus cultural trappings.
0: Yeah a lot of things basically (laughs) right so specifically in India um, I don't think it I have been reading a bit uh, and I don't think it was a taboo in the ancient ages but is something that happened as uh, a result of colonization surprisingly and Um. I don't
1: think that's that accurate in the sense that sex was also taboo in uh, Indian culture because, come on, we follow endogamy and endogamy comes from the policing of sex, correct?
0: Okay, first things first, what is endogamy?
1: Okay, right. So for the people who don't know, endogamy is marrying within a particular group, like if there's a set of groups. So if there's a set of groups, then those different groups, if they're endogamous, then say someone from group A cannot marry group B. They will only marry within group A.
0: The mathematician in me is crying, but continue. (laughs) Okay, math it to me. Math it to me. You just can't use terms like set and group like that. It hurts. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. I
0: was using it in the English sense. It's all right continue yeah.
1: so yeah basically what happened when the british came is they that time had that you know victorian uh, purity notion to the point where in victorian england you know you couldn't even say the word leg because that was sexual mm mm-hmm. so that kind of a you know modernity in uh, for those times modernity for those times that kind of a modernity was um, you know, put on our culture and it's very antithetical to many
0: aspects of our culture. Anti, what did you say? Thetical. Antithetical Against. Against. All right. I'm okay. sorry. I just said we are in class mode. I'm also going into class mode. I don't know any teacher, maybe my English teacher. I don't know anybody else who would use that word in class.
1: I would. I am that teacher.
0: <clears throat> okay, ma'am. Please continue. <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah, basic point is we weren't, we were weird about sex, but we weren't that weird until the British came and gave us even more weirdness to add into that. So yeah, I mean, you're in a way you're correct.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I I guess. But it's very difficult to actually speak of India as a whole because we are a mishmash of so many different cultures and each culture has a different notion of sex and what is correct and what is not. So that is very difficult to handle. But definitely, like say, um, we do have Hindu temples in South India where you you have uh, people who are, the there are sculptures of naked or half naked people and I don't know about I don't think you see that in Christianity but definitely in ancient uh, paintings you do see uh, paintings of you know people having their groin areas open yes
1: we we get it thank you thank you very much I would like to add to that (laughs) in the sense that um, you were saying, right, like Christianity. So yeah, you know, Abrahamic religions were basically very, they were much more puritanical, like, you know, much more rigid about all this. But if you have like, say, a Hindu culture or indigenous cultures, and even like the oldest things, like one of the oldest statues ever found in the world is the Venus of Willendorf. Which is basically a very, very sexual statue. And it's also, you know, everyone says the theories about it that, you know, there was fertility worship and also, yeah, as humans, we have been very weird about sex from the very beginning.
0: Right. Which, well, I can understand why. I'm very curious as to how people discovered sex.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Now I'm very
0: curious. <laughs> Whoever thought of just putting their body into somebody else's body? I maybe, definitely... they saw two,
1: maybe they saw two other animals doing it and they got curious.
0: Well, then how did the animals know to do that?
1: Because they reproduce. They don't have sex, they reproduce
0: right but how do they know how to reproduce
1: i think there's an innate sense you know like our hormones our physiology it we come from a very uh weird race a surviving race you know without having any of those nice claws and super strength and stuff that other animals have we still you know manage to subjugate the entire world to our whims and so you know we so then you know we still have those surviving genes so that it becomes like we are going to reproduce so yeah it's it's an instinct we've just put a lot of trappings around it if that makes sense
0: right i mean sorry i'm still curious about how you know this happened <laughs> Like I was definitely not born with this thing. I was very awkward about my body. I still am, but um, I could never imagine that this sort of thing must happen.
1: Um, they did it never? You know, like, you know, this is a bit personal, but this we will cover it in the masturbation chapter if this this topic.
0: All right. Fine. Um, Right. So, uh, speaking about, uh, you know, this cultural thing, I found a paper in the Indian Journal of Psychiatry, which was published in Jan 2013. And this is put up on the government website, by the way, just saying. Um, And it's pretty long but essentially it speaks of all the times that uh, it it goes back to ancient ages where you know indians didn't have to cover their upper half of the bo- body given the temperature and the weather and all it was basically for fashion that they wore clothes and so nudity is acceptable because that's how things were just saying it's like such a contrast to Current times, you know. Agree, uh, and then uh, they they say things like the Panchatantra states that shyness, friendship, melodious voice, intellect, brilliance of youth, enjoying the sensuality of women, equanimity within the species, absence of sorrow or misery, carnal pleasure, religion, scriptures, intelligence of Brihaspati who is the teacher of the gods, hygiene, concern about good behavior, all these occur only when the creature's stomach is full. And that is... uh, When was this written? Hmm. I... uh, This is from Vishnu Sharma's Panchatantra, uh, which was written before the 10th century. And, uh, right, so, like, they clearly had an understanding, some understanding of sex, and it was probably studied. They claim that Kama Sutra is one of the first uh, documents which study sex as a science. And it was written between the first and sixth century. Mm. And in fact, the Kama Sutra, I have not read it. Apparently, it uh, speaks of more than just reproduction, right? It speaks of pleasure. It does. Yeah. So clearly, we if we wrote this stuff, we were curious, man, which means <laughs> we did experiments and you know, we treated it like science, so it's not something I wouldn't agree that it it was in us from before that we were awkward about it. Uh, that clearly happened somewhere along the way. Uh, they also speak of um, some famous ancient works of art, uh, which depict romantic themes and situations. Examples such as depiction of apsaras, who were the I don't know, dancers for the gods. Well, they were not dancers, but just there for the gods' pleasure. Um, They were
1: serving women in the court of the god who doubled as backup dancers.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, there is uh, the Perfumed Garden by Sheikh Navzavi, uh, which was built in the 9th to 12th century and is in the khaju Uh Yeah. Uh, also, in the 16th century guide, what people of that time thought were the most satisfactory characteristics of lovers and lovemaking have been poetically and colorfully described.
1: Really? I'm interested.
0: Yeah, there are also sculptures in the Ajanta Caves. I've never been there. Those Those
1: I've seen. I have seen.
0: Okay. Maybe this is why my parents didn't want me to go there. I was talking about this article and uh, basically it also speaks about how the position of women has changed uh, in Hindu tradition specifically over the ages and then marriage what marriage was and then sexuality in adolescence and young adulthood. And they speak of how apparently group masturbation was allowed for boys um, but not when they were adults.
1: Isn't that just a boys hostel?
0: <laughs> yeah, but it kind of seems weird. They also have some data uh, in 1992 30% Uh, of the respondents of the study had experienced premarital sex while 41% of unmarried men and 33% of married men had their first intercourse before attaining 20 years which is again very confusing to me How Me how do you have sex if your whole life you have been sheltered uh, from this concept.
1: Is it like an oral tradition thing where people, you know, tell people each other? Like, where do we hear it from first? It's never from legit sources, right? It's like some weird whispers that start in school, and then because you are the quiet child, they come to you last, but by then there are new whispers. How else do you okay? Tell me one thing. Why do you know about sex? Um, okay, so I'll tell you why I know. Okay. Okay. And don't worry, it's uh, family-friendly. So, I was born in 1996. My brother was born in 2005. So, by the time my mother was pregnant, uh, I was eight. Eight going on nine. So, well, obviously I was curious because babies are cute and um, we always had a lot of encyclopedias in the house. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I basically learned... From encyclopedias before those weird whispers started. So that when they started I could be like, Tata Microhill didn't say that.
0: Oh, right, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's
1: how I know. So
0: I see. Well yeah. well, I came to know via porn, like most people do. But for me it was more like I did not understand what was happening. First of all, I had never seen a naked man. So I was wondering if this is the same species or not. Um, Secondly, I was very confused as to why these people are wearing these costumes and doing these weird things. It does not look like a fun game. These were my precise thoughts. 24 or 23 i don't know i think i'm 24 you're
1: 24
0: thanks so i'm 24 and i'm still very confused about a lot of things regarding my body
1: so mm. i do you d- want to talk about you know why these things have happened you want to talk about puberty
0: yeah yeah um right so you go first
1: okay so um puberty is mostly defined as the set of changes that take place between childhood and adulthood that is in adolescence which include uh, hormonal changes and other biological changes in the body like growth spurts.
0: right Right, so I can tell you about males because I have done the research for males. Apparently, there are five stages according to the NHS, which is UK's um, health system. On their website, they have five stages of puberty. Um, The first sign is usually the testicles getting bigger and the scrotum beginning to thin and redden. The second sign is pubic hair appearing, then there is underarm hair, then there is sweat. Then, this is surprising to me, I did not know, apparently breasts swell up for guys. Yeah, they do. I did not know. Uh, they
1: do, that's why like you know extreme children like who have not even touched puberty will have flattish chests but a little older boys will have little definition in that area.
0: Yeah and uh, NHS has made it a point to point out that this is not the same as man boobs. <laughs> but it is normal. Then there are wet dreams. And then there is the breaking in the voice. And then there is acne, which occurs because, you know, uh, these hormones start. Basically, puberty is when the production of these hormones start. And the production of these hormones causes acne. Well, not production, but the change in the level Mm -hmm. of production. Yes. Also, apparently, again, something I didn't know. Obviously, you start growing a lot during puberty. But apparently, after around the age of 16, boys completely stop growing. And by that, I mean height. They can become more muscular, but they cannot become taller.
1: No, I don't think that's true. Boys grow in college also. Some of my friends' heights have increased.
0: So the NHS says, Boys get taller at a slower rate and stop growing completely at around 16 years of age.
1: Nah, they don't stop growing at 16. Maybe. They grow after 16. Girls girls don't grow after 16. Most girls don't.
0: Most I don't girls think don't that's grow. true. I mean, I have grown after 16.
1: You are the lucky one, okay? I am the same height I have been since I was 10.
0: My sympathies.
1: <laughs> you see, that's another thing, right? Puberty is so perceived and, you know, executed so differently from person to person, right?
0: Definitely, yeah. It's very different so, for every, every, uh, and I think uh, uh, most of the websites that I saw, uh, they say, they make a point to say that, you know, that. It's very different. Everyone hits it at a different age. So you should not feel bad if you hit it earlier or you hit it after. And you should not feel embarrassed about it, which is obviously very easy for them to say. But I mean, I imagine, you know, I don't remember how it felt for my breasts to grow out, but I do remember getting my period and, um, Thankfully, my mother was with me, so it wasn't that bad. But I can't imagine how it would be for girls who haven't been told anything about it and suddenly they just see blood coming out. It would be so scary.
1: Yeah, I wasn't told about it. But, you know, because I was an encyclopedia reading, you know, child. um,
0: Yeah, you were a nerd.
1: Yes, thank you. So, I knew it and but i didn't know everything you know and no one ever told me what to do mm-hmm. so um well is it okay if i talk about this
0: yeah if you want to
1: yeah
0: yeah uh, i i do also remember getting my period once uh when i was in school and I just had a lot of stomachache and obviously the teacher's solution was to put my head down in class. Um, <laughs> it solved nothing. But when they realized it was serious, they actually called my mother and you know she took a half day and she took me home. But before that, they also gave me tea from the canteen. And I think that was one of the few times in my life that I really enjoyed tea. And I also got to sit in the staff room, which was like a privilege.
1: (laughs) Oh, 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 you sat in the staff room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the exciting part about me. You know, for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do remember the pain and, you know, the awkwardness of just uh, getting, knowing that blood is going to come out of me. It's not very easy to get used to. So how much ever these websites are. Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: You know what's worse when you sneeze on your period?
0: Oh Lord. Yeah. It is bad. Um but yeah, speaking of periods, first of all, what are all the changes that happen in a woman?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, some of the changes are, some of the changes are the same as males, like um, the hair. Like, yeah, we also start having, you know, armpit hair and pubic hair, that's one of the very first signs. Um then actually the period is one of the later signs to hit. First, you have these bodily changes where you start getting your armpit hair and your um, pubic hair and um, your hormones start, you know, their rate of production and like your ovaries also start releasing hormones. So they also start growing in size by that time. And your, as you near your, like as your ovum gets, as one ovum gets mature and that's when you obviously will get your period. Right. Uh, so yeah, but before the period, then you have you know like as again hair and acne and hormones and you know breasts and other secondary sexual characteristics. Did you know that cellulite was a secondary sexual characteristic?
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, because um, so women and men actually store fat in different ways. You know, they store it in like layers and women store it in like honeycomb shapes. Like if you've seen Takeshi's... Oh, what am I saying? The honey, you know, honeybee shape. Yeah. The honeybee home shape.
0: What I've also seen Takeshi's castle, but fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the honeycomb maze. Oh yeah, it's called a honeycomb. <laughs> that was a brain goose. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, where were we? Yeah
0: honeycomb, cellulite.
1: Maze, so, yeah. yeah, honeycomb maze of cellulite. So they, that's why we have those dimply lumps, you know, because we are much more efficient at fat storage because women's bodies are meant to withstand conditions such as pregnancy and labor. So, uh, we have a very adjustable body. Like, did you know that, you know, during pregnancy, a woman's pelvis moves, it expands. And this is the kind of change that is facilitated by puberty, you know, like it changes a little bit near bone structure also sometimes, which is why later in life, women mostly tend to have osteoporosis
0: because, you know,
1: lack of calcium when you can't absorb vitamin D. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: These happen because of hormonal changes and the women's hormonal system is much more complicated than the male.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like the male hormonal system is just two hormones, right? There is uh, uh, FSH and uh, which is the follicle stimulating hormone stimulating and
1: uh, testosterone. Testosterone, yeah. And um, testosterone is the androgen. That's true. And 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 the other ones from the pituitary.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like the I think there's something called LH and something like that.
1: Yeah, luteinizing hormone. Yeah. But luteinizing hormone is more of like a, it's its mostly in women, right?
0: I am not sure.
1: Yeah, because uh, luteinizing hormone uh,
0: helps with the, you know, do you want to get into the menstrual cycle right now? No, no, I don't. I don't want to, I mean, all of us know about period, but we I, I'm more interested in the other Aspects of puberty, which you know, we probably didn't notice as much.
1: What didn't we notice? It was such a bad time for all of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: It wasn't. Everything too- sucked, and we gave two exams.
0: Yeah, no, it was not that bad for me. It was fine. I feel like my period has become uh, more painful now, as compared to then. But yeah, one thing which really affected me was um, the facial hair growth and also uh, sweat. I used to sweat a lot from my underarms and it used to smell. And (laughs) it was very awkward for me because I would try everything I could, but it's just something my body produced, right? So it was very awkward for me. Uh, Yeah. I had the sweat
1: problem, too.
0: Yeah. And then there is obviously the general irritation uh, which teenagers have because of hormones. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is just sad that this is how we have to grow up. But that's life. I mean... Your body never asked you if you actually want to bear a child or not. It just assumed that you have to. One thing which I was very curious about, not curious, but I have a lot of questions regarding it. That is wet dreams. Um, Okay. So first things first,
1: like women also get wet dreams. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, there is no control over wet dreams. It's just something that happens. And it's not that it happens only during, uh, adoles- uh, during these teen years. It also happens in adulthood, apparently. And uh, research says that on average, 8% of dreams have some sexual content, which sexual dreams are different from wet dreams. Wet dreams are, the scientific term is nocturnal emissions. And they're mm-hmm. for males, they are characterized by wetting their bed uh, because of ejaculation, which need not be caused by masturbation. Um, yes, and for women, it is not very well defined because you know, just having wetness is apparently not. Sufficient to be, it is not
1: because, because like, around puberty, your vagina starts discharging as well,
0: right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there is this uh, website called medicalnewstoday.com, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. it is legit. Uh, it is, it is okay. So, uh, here are some facts and myths about wet dreams. 1. Wet dreams do not reduce sperm count. Interesting. 2. Women can have wet dreams, as you correctly pointed. 3. Wet dreams do not reduce a person's immunity. I don't know where this is coming from. Me neither. Uh, 4. Wet dreams only happen during puberty. Cool. 5. Wet dreams are not a sign of illness. 6 masturbation probably cannot prevent wet dreams which means that you can masturbate all you want you might still get wet dreams uh, seven wet dreams do not shrink a penis eight some people never have wet dreams nine
1: uh,
0: nine wet dreams are not always erotic dreams like I mentioned and ten Sleeping on the stomach may induce a wet dream. Again, very curious about this.
1: Very curious. Me too.
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, my first question is this. How does the brain come up with wet dreams? Like- um, this will
1: come out to be the whole... Okay, so two things. First, um, uh... You know, dreams, right? Like this is one prevalent theory that dreams are basically just your brain's different, you know, when it's doing its sleep activities, it's just different neurons firing. And then that's what's being comprehended by you.
0: Sure, but wet dreams are an actual characteristic of puberty. So this is not Not a random occurrence.
1: No, 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 it's not a random occurrence. But, you know, it's like this. I think the difference between a wet dream and an erotic dream is wet dream is when you don't know anything about that stuff and your body is reacting without you actually knowing what's going on. Mm, Okay. But like erotic dreams when you know stuff and you're like, I know what is happening.
0: No, I, I think wet dreams are more like, I mean, it actually need not have any sexual content. It could be PG 13 and you could still just ejaculate.
1: Poor men, no, nobody says this, but poor men.
0: I feel very bad. I can't imagine, you know, just randomly having this big thing and I don't know why it's there, but it's there and it won't go down if I wanted to go down, even though it's a part of my body. Um, and yeah, just, you know, waking up one morning and finding my bed wet. <sighs>
1: it sounds so bad.
0: Yeah, it actually sounds terrible.
1: Yeah, poor man.
0: No, but again, coming back to my question, how does the body know that This is like a thing. I mean, I guess my question is what exactly is attraction and what exactly causes arousal? I don't
1: think I have the answers. I don't think that anyone has these answers. I don't
0: think science has the answers because if science did have the answers, like basically it has to be some chemical reaction happening in the body, right? So, if attraction could be chemically defined, then we would possibly know uh, the chemicals which lead towards male attraction and those that leads to lead towards female attraction, and that would probably help um, in this entire science of um, gender studies. You know, but currently, but yeah. I don't think a person has a way to know. Uh, from birth, whether they are going to be gay or straight or bisexual, you know.
1: Yeah, people are looking for genes also for this. Like, how much how much homophobia do they have that they want to find the reason?
0: Uh, I don't think it's about homophobia. I I think it's science. I mean, you want to study things; it will actually help to know about this. Fair thing. point. You know, if I think there may be some things, let's say if you are gay and by gay, I mean gay or lesbian. And if your body reacts, maybe there are certain changes that occur in your body, which science does not know. I mean, science just studies you as a male or female currently. Well, obviously things have changed with time, but Again, most of our biological science is based on whether we are male or female. And if the body behaves differently depending on on your orientation, it would be really good for science to study that.
1: That is true. I just hope there is no homophobia behind it,
0: you know? No, I don't think so. Actually, I recently read an article about that. And um, there were some conclusions that they drew. Basically, there is some part of the human genome called XQ28, which was linked to male homosexuality. And uh, so there was this controversy about whether there is a gay gene or not. So what they did was they essentially just, you know, took a random lot of people and I think it was... 68,527 people and uh, they just checked if they had this uh, gene or not and you some questions were like have you ever had sex with someone of the same sex or have you felt attraction towards someone of the same sex and uh, they then studied the genes uh, their genes. I don't know if there was None of those markers was on the X or Y sex chromosomes and their total combined effect accounted for less than 1% of the variance. So basically their study was kind of inconclusive, but mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the study conducted in University College London notes that what overlap there is suggests that there could be specific factors effect- affecting same-sex attraction rather than simply being attracted to males versus being attracted to females. And they specifically mention over here, uh, conscious of the tricky subject matter, the scientists are at pains to anticipate any misunderstandings or backlash. They collaborated with LGBT advocacy groups throughout the study. Yet the research only scrapes the surface of the mysterious depths of human sexuality unraveling these riddles will be difficult and will inevitably beget misconception and controversy. But at least this study should add weight to the view that non-heterosexual behavior is firmly within the normal, natural spectrum of human diversity and provide a firm foundation for future work. Uh So basically inconclusive? Basically inconclusive, but the point is that uh, they found some um, hints that there might be something uh, for same-sex attraction in genetics. Like some studies need to be conducted. And I don't know how old this uh, study was. I'm pretty sure a lot more has happened since then
1: yeah that's true, but still, you know still so much confusion, and there's so many things we just don't know and we don't come to know for a very long time
0: yeah yeah i I guess most of this part should be put in the orientation My issue with wet dreams is this: the human being I assume does not know anything about sex, okay but the wet dreams that the brain generates could possibly be erotic, right? Yeah, and so what that is uh, saying is that essentially attraction is not in our control. It's a bodily feature.
1: Okay, that's <laughs> scary
0: yeah that's just jumping to conclusions i literally know nothing about this topic but that's why i'm interested right how does the brain know yeah. about wet dreams yeah how does the body know about wet dreams how does the brain know to send blood to the penis you know or to the vagina and um,
1: now i have all these doubts too thanks
0: for spreading the doubts you're welcome let us all we should let us all sit in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: it's like we should be more curious about this and then we'll figure find out
0: answers one day. I'm saying that someone like me, as a kid, I had nobody who would give me all these I mean I was a fairly unpopular kid. So I had nobody who would share all this hot gossip with me. Um, uh, so like how would my brain know about attraction? Yeah, like how? Yeah, it's pretty weird. But I guess that's where culture and parents and all of that comes in.
1: Wow, this is complicated, huh?
0: Yeah, it's, it's very complicated. Maybe this is why uh, schools don't like to talk about it. Yeah, this is
1: complicated, but that's no excuse. They explain calculus.
0: I think I prefer calculus because <laughs> calculus has answers. It has definite logical answers, right? You follow a path, you get to the answer. Over here, there is a scope for a lot of questions, but no answers, really. That's
1: true. You're right. Calculus is easier than sex Ah, <laughs>
0: uh, I have the unique privilege of having taught both now. I should probably <laughs> put it up on my CV. <laughs> yes. Adept at teaching both calculus and (laughs) sex. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about anatomy? Yep. (laughs) Okay. So, I have, like I told you, I am not very familiar with um, the female anatomy. Okay. So, enlighten me. Okay, before, so, before that, if you want to start with the male anatomy, there is literally nothing to discuss. They have just one hole. They pee through that. They do everything through that. They That's, move through
1: another one. Please yeah, be, be yeah,
0: specific. Sure. Sorry. So the butthole is different. But for all practical purposes, they have like one hole. yes true and this is by the uh, traditional definition of sex i'm not uh, talking about i mean intercourse you know reproductive not...
1: intercourse
0: yes yes thank you okay so about the female anatomy
1: yeah so um, but first for the male anatomy like if you really just wanted to talk about the organs You have the penis. It has something called the vas deferens. So now, vas deferens is what separates, like inside, separates the testicles going tube and the bladder going tube. So that's what you know.
0: Okay, cool. As far as I'm concerned, still the same hole.
1: Yeah, you're right. It is the same.
0: So. Yeah, female anatomy. And I I will okay. get into I will get into that. Why it is so bothersome to me that it is the same whole. But for another lecture. Yes.
1: Okay, so um female anatomy. So uh, okay, so now people will have to
0: visualize a little. I think most people are very adept, adept to visualizing. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So if you look from top to bottom, in that area, first you have the outer folds, which are like the labia majoris, okay, and between these folds is everything else, okay. So between these folds on the beginning, like the topmost part of like this structure starts with the clitoris. It starts with the clitoris and still people can't find it, but it's okay. It starts there. So you have the clitoris. The ends of the clitoris join the labia minor, which engulfs everything else. So below the clitoris, you have your urethra. Below the urethra, you have your um, vagina, like the entrance to your vagina. And below the vagina, you have this place of skin called perineum. And below that is the anus. So that, that's from top to bottom. So this is like the, you go in one step, and then you go top to bottom. That's how you visualize it. And inside your vagina, your vagina will lead up to your cervix. Your cervix has your uterus, and at either side of the uterus, you have your fallopian tubes which lead to ovaries eventually. And you have some pleasure spots in this area, you have a huge reproductive organ in this area, you have like ovaries which give you like hormones which regulate your health. This is in this area, very important area.
0: Uh, quoting our favorite uncle from Three Idiots. Kehna kya ho? <laughs> Come on, I explained it. Right, but okay. So I guess my question is, which is, okay, so where do I pee from? Where do I get my period? You blast? pee
1: from your urethra. Your urethra connects to your...
0: Um, bladder, which connects to your kidneys. Okay. Cool. cool. So that's the, your, that's the middle hole, right? Like there, that's okay. the middle clitor- guess. That's clitor- the first hole. Is clitor- clitoris is not a hole. Great. Okay. Cool. So then there are two holes, uh, but yes. on top you have the clitoris, which is like the pleasure spot, apparently. Uh, yeah,
1: it is uh, the leftover penile tissue that we have.
0: Okay, cool. So then you have this uh, peeing spot and then you have the period blood spot, right? Yes. Ah, interesting. And the period blood spot is where uh, you have intercourse. Yes. A quick question. What happens if someone tries to put the penis into the peeing hole? You
1: cannot. It's too small and it's not stretchy.
0: So. What happens? Like, what what do you think if someone forcefully tries to do that? What will happen?
1: See, if a penis a penis has to go inside anything, first its head goes inside. Hmm. So so like the head goes inside, and if the head doesn't go inside, then the rest cannot go inside. And the head will not fit inside the urethra. So that is not possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, just uh it just makes me so sad people who don't know these things right say someone tries to force um, this thing into the urethra hole that's just going to be so painful
1: yeah it is
0: yeah sorry i just uh, I I feel I mean I can't not think about rapes right now, and people who don't know anything about how sex is done. Um, yeah, that's why we're
1: here, right? For now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for people who don't know, rape is a very, very prevalent in India. Currently. In and the world. In the world, yeah. Definitely. Uh, and yeah. I am hoping that sex education will help with, um, maybe, I don't know about prevention of rape, but definitely the concept of consent and at least knowing the anatomy properly will lead to less damage
1: yeah consent is very important consent is key
0: do you want to talk about consent
1: no as usual we're just giving an intro to the other chapters okay
0: (laughs) it's like a taster session
1: it's an amuse bush a what amuse bush is French, you know, French are, you know how the French are about their food. They're very specific and, you know, they have these courses. So the amush bouche is the beginning of the course, you know, the beginning you start with it. It's like a very, it's like a small bite that, you know, gives the, that sets the tone for the rest of the meal.
0: Right. Because obviously they have only few things to taste. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this post
0: was made by the Masala Gang. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. There's this section called Sexuality in Adolescence and Young Adulthood Mm -hmm. in which uh, they state, Indian children are pampered as much as possible, often until age six or seven. Before puberty, a natural approach to sexuality and nudity prevails, especially in rural areas. Very true. Daughters and sons are carefully prepared for their future domestic roles as mothers and fathers. Very true. Women are considered to be much more skilled than males in love and sexual pleasures. Uh, Uh. At puberty, most boys and girls are segregated. True. In some regions of India, pubescent girls are not even allowed to enter a house where a single young man is present. Masturbation is generally unacceptable among girls. For boys, however, it is considered a preparation for mature sex life. Though boys at the younger ages may masturbate together without shame, at little more mature ages, they all give it up. Among adolescents, in a 1983 study found that the U.S. Sampled youth had their first sexual experience between the ages of 15 and 24 years. 15. 15? Um, what were
1: we doing? We were doing board exams.
0: Yeah. We hadn't even done calculus then.
1: Yeah. Oh my God.
0: pre calculus times. <laughs> Homosexual activities were also reported in this study. of women in the sample reported that their first sexual activity had been with a partner of the same sex. Traditionally... Sorry?
1: Sounds progressive.
0: Yeah. Traditionally, premarital sex activity was controlled in India. Was?
1: As the marriages
0: were mostly arranged by elders, premarital sex was not the accepted practice. Again, question. How does this work? You're not supposed to know anything about sex. Then you're supposed to go with this unknown guy and in one night you're supposed to know everything about sex.
1: Yeah, these people were very binary.
0: Does not make any sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, I already told you the figures of um, uh, 41% of unmarried men and 33% of married men having their first intercourse before attaining 20 years. Yeah. And in fact, in 1992, 30% of the respondents had experienced pre-ma- premarital sex. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So again, we... I think all of us have this idea that this thing does not exist. But actually, it really does exist. 30% is not a small number.
1: Yeah, it's not. We just don't know about it because they don't want us to know about it. because they want us to think it does not exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think this is... um, These people have uh, concluded their article very well. Uh, It says... Future of Indian Sexuality The famous Indian sensuality quoted incessantly in the world by mentions of tantric lifestyles, kama sutras and erotic arts will change the face of the world again in coming decades when Indian people find themselves again. A cross-section of Indian people who are adjusted in the less dogmatic and prosperous western societies and their behavior patterns and views reflect that a healthier sexual approach to our lives is eventually healthier for our well-being, our overall progress, and of course, a new awakening on personal levels. The newer generations of India and Indian people worldwide have been trying to define the sexual and sensual vocabulary on their own, rather than being influenced by external and foreign influences. In fact, it is a healthier approach and eventually when Indian people, uh, okay, this is just, it's written too much in an Indian style, a little difficult to read. Um, In fact, it is a healthier approach and eventually when Indian people in India uh, become all formally educated and emancipated socially. and have more space and time at their discretion, will find that an open dialogue about sex matters is normal and acceptable. We should start talking about issues and focus light on dark areas which create ignorance, ill health and many social evils like failed marriages, rapes, divorces, disrespect to women, abuse of children and in general unhappy people. Wow, This is on a government website. It is in the Indian Journal of Psychiatry. And it makes me unhappy that their social evil begins with failed marriages instead of rapes. But, okay.
1: Yes. Yes, thank you.
0: Someone said it. Okay, one step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah um i think this is a lot to digest for me <laughs> for anyone yeah i'm just going to go and take a bath again yeah <laughs> <laughs> but thank you sanchi and um i am very much looking forward to our next non intro session
1: <laughs> where we actually talk about stuff
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. Thank you, Ashwini.
0: Thank you, Sanji. Tata.
1: Yeah, <laughs>